First, if you'd like to have a look at this past Friday's storm, uh, you might go to the station's weather webpage, wortfm.org forward slash weather, and up in the uh, featured graphics towards the top of the page there, there's a water vapor satellite view of the U.S. with the surface pressure fields overlaid on it. It'll show you that system swinging by us. It's right at the beginning of that sequence since uh, the sequence only goes back about three days. There's also a wider view of the entire continent with the Pacific Ocean, uh, which will give you kind of the larger context for what's going on around us in the upper air and what's in store for this coming week. Friday's snowstorm, just to return to that for a moment, was, well, first it was quite evidently a tough one for the forecast models to reckon with, judging from the spread that was in the model solutions just even 36 hours before the onset. And you may have heard me complaining about that if you caught the Wednesday evening news forecast last week. Overall, the models were lining up pretty well for a big storm, but there was a a contingent of high-resolution models that were distinct outliers back on Wednesday, so I hedged my snow predictions at the time. But even by the following day, it was evident that the storm was going to be capable of putting down a good foot of snow or more. With a track that was pretty much a replica of the previous Tuesday's storm, but with a colder environment and slightly more prodigious deepening, And so that's pretty much how things did turn out. Snow amounts recorded in uh, Dane County between uh, late Thursday, Friday, and into early Saturday ended up generally in the 10 to 14-inch range, with similar amounts turning up pretty much across southern Wisconsin, a little more to our east. The area actually right along Lake Michigan, as happened on Tuesday before that also, ended up with lower snow amounts in this past storm because of the warmth of the adjacent lake waters, But this time around, unlike Tuesday, orographic lifting over the nearshore moraines along with a colder environment inland uh, enabled the moist northeasterly fetch that was coming off of Lake Michigan to drop an extra four to seven inches of snow in areas from about uh, Ozaukee and Washington counties on down through uh, Waukesha, even over into Jefferson County a little bit. So totals between uh, 14 and 20 inches were pretty widespread uh, over there. This storm performed at or above expectations, and uh, so too did the Arctic air mass, which followed on behind it Saturday afternoon, which took the temperatures down already to 9 below zero by early Sunday morning, uh, which was a bit of a surprise. That was despite wind staying pretty brisk overnight up in the 10 to 25 mile per hour range and a fair bit of passing cloud cover in that overnight as well. And Arctic air then is going to pretty much define the rest of this coming week. And uh, the way it's looking at the moment, perhaps only this week, the longer range modeling has for several runs now been indicating a return to actually above normal temperatures again by around this time next week. So uh, this disruption to our warm El Nino winter, which itself was caused by a disruption to the stratospheric polar vortex, which helped send the cold air south, uh, may be short-lived have a look at the water vapor image of the U.S. that I was mentioning, and right at the very start of the sequence there, you can see Friday's storm in the process already of kind of boiling up towards us up the Mississippi and Ohio River valleys, uh, becoming, as we say, negative tilt in the process with the strongest upper-level winds, which you can see in the vapor elements, wrapping counterclockwise around the southern and eastern sides of the surface circulation, which you can see in the closed yellow rings of isobars there on that image. Uh, Note that the surface circulation, which is over St. Louis or so at this time, very early on Friday, deepens hugely as it passes just from St. Louis up northeastward to Chicago, 
uh, drops about a full 10 millibars in that time. A uh, system becoming a negative tilt like that often uh, is an indicator of its final strengthening before the surface circulation occludes and cuts off. And indeed, you can see that the storm then continues to maintain its 984 millibar central pressure without any further deepening as it continues northeastward from Chicago up to Saginaw Bay and up across Georgian Bay into Canada. Note also, if you're looking at that, the packed pressure lines behind the storm is a 1040 millibar Arctic high pressure cell that pushes down the plains uh, over to the west there. If you look at the wider water vapor view that has North America and the Pacific Ocean that I was mentioning, you can see that that incoming Arctic air mass, uh, you actually can't really see it on that particular image, but it's essentially just one part of a much larger leftward spinning vortex of polar air centered roughly over uh, western Hudson's Bay. And that tropospheric polar vortex looks pretty much as you'd expect it to in any normal January. This year, of course, with El Nino, it's very much the exception. You might remember that during most of December, we saw this northeastbound jet stream from out in the central Pacific stretching ashore across British Columbia and then onward right through the middle of Canada where that vortex is currently sitting. So we may be returning to something more like that by the time we get out into this period next week. The global forecast uh, models are indicating a general sort of rewriting, if I can put it like that, of the cold and warm air balance in the northern hemisphere as we get out through this coming weekend and beyond with the comparatively warmer air that's currently occupying the high latitudes circulating actually back south and the polar regions then cooling again. So uh, January thaw looks to be on the cards, I think, for next week, uh, once we get through this current one, which will be spent mostly hovering around the zero mark, at least for the next few days. This is the coldest week of the year, climatologically speaking, so it's certainly an appropriate one to get our first cold snap, or perhaps our only cold snap. We'll see how this goes. So anyway, on to what will be rather dull details in other respects about this coming week. Today, a thin cloud cover off a passing disturbance that will be approaching along the jet stream to our south may end up cutting the midday sunshine enough uh, perhaps to hold us to zero for a high temperature like we saw yesterday. Otherwise, uh, maybe a one or two above for a high temperature. Westerly winds at 8 to 12 miles per hour will keep the chill values down to the uh, teens to around 20 below zero through the day. Passing clouds will continue uh, through the overnight as that little system scoots by us to our south through Illinois. And uh, between that and continued west to southwest winds uh, up at 7 to 10 miles per hour overnight, we'll see temperatures holding around 10 below or uh, maybe the low teens rather than, say, dropping off to about 20 below, which is what the temperatures would do if it was both clear and still overnight. Tomorrow, a renewed surge of Arctic air is going to be funneling into Wisconsin behind the system uh, as it eventually passes eastward through Indiana and Ohio. Uh, most of these cold air injections are coming down the western plains, so we're seeing the cold air come in from the west primarily rather than the northwest or north. It's possible that slightly better uh, sunshine in the midday hours tomorrow might allow temperatures back into, well, positive temperature territory, but uh, otherwise we'll be stuck, I think, near zero again with slightly stronger uh, west to southwest winds at 10 to 15 miles per hour, holding the chill values again down in the 20s and uh, teens below zero. We may see another uptick in uh, mid-level cloudiness as well, kind of uh, pressing southward in the renewed colder air through the day tomorrow. Temperatures then in the overnight should hold in the lower mid-single digits below zero as uh, the southwesterly winds eventually begin to train slightly warmer air up into the uh, area here from the su uh, southern plains. 
So that'll allow a brief temperature spike on Wednesday. We may hit actually 10 or 12 degrees above zero that day uh, on continued west to southwest winds at 8 to 12 miles per hour. And we'll drop into the uh, single digits, probably single digits below zero overnight going into Thursday before the winds start to veer more northwesterly on Thursday. And uh, I think we'll be able to make the upper single digits above to maybe 10 on the day Thursday, even though the winds will be veering back uh, more west and northwest. And then we'll have this one final Arctic high-pressure cell pressing in on us for Friday and Saturday. So that'll uh, keep temperatures down for those two days again before more concerted warming Sunday into Monday. As I mentioned, not much in the way of sensible weather this coming week with the dry Arctic air dominating, but that may change as the warmer air starts to work back at us late in the weekend. So tune into the Wednesday evening news forecast between 6 and 7 p.m. that day to catch the uh, details, whatever they may be, for that upcoming period.